This podcast is now brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And it's everything you need to make a podcast great in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to this special edition episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode number 24. This podcast is sponsored by Generation You Can, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first purchase. That's generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Generation You Can, the best choice for steady energy. This podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash breakingthebarrier. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. My name is Max Mercury, although that's not my true name. Not the name I was using more than 100 years ago when I was a young and naive fort messenger in the United States Army. It's not the name I was given when I was connected to the mystical speed force by a dying shaman when he saw in me an instrument of honor and justice. Since then, I've had many names, but I'm Max Mercury now. Super speedster, able to be in Rome one minute and Chicago the next. Max Mercury, enigmatic and reclusive superhero a.k.a. Zen Master of the Mystical Speed Force, a.k.a. Max Crandall, Father to Helen, Mentor to Impulse. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. My name is Andrew Lorenzo. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can find all things Breaking the Barrier on the website BreakingTheBarrierPodcast.com or on the Facebook page Breaking the Barrier Podcast or the Instagram page Breaking the Barrier Podcast. You can also head over to the website and check out the link to request to join the Facebook community group. So that's a place where the Breaking is actually sitting next to me on the bus heading up to the starting line while I was recording that section that I recorded on the bus. The only way that I found out is because she messaged me earlier and said that she had listened to the podcast and she was sitting right next to me at the time that I was recording it. So that's really funny. It's such a small world. She actually completed the Afterglow for the second time and the first time for her was a few years back. She got a PB this time of 9 minutes and 17 seconds. So a PB of 9 minutes and 17 seconds is incredible. I was talking to Jody earlier today, and we both agree that when you get to a certain point of your running, you crave just every extra second that you can get off of your time. So the fact that she got 9 minutes and 17 seconds off her time, really amazing job. Awesome. Congratulations. Especially in a race like that, where parts of that trail were just brutal. 
awesome stuff. So what I want to remind you guys of today and gals of today is the Facebook post and the Instagram post that I put up. I'd really love to hear about your goals in terms of what you would attempt if you could not fail. I had a really nice feedback on that question when I posted the episode, so I'd really like to make another episode completely about that, just a community listener episode, which will hopefully tie up the end of the year. And uh, yeah, I'd love to share everything about that. So make sure that you get on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash breaking the barrier running or my personal Facebook page and just message me your ideas of what you would attempt if you could not fail. Also, you can check out my Instagram, Andrew Lorenzo Actor, and you can message me there. I'd, I'd really love to hear your stories and I can't wait to showcase them for the end of the year episode. So what I'd like to touch on today is perceived failure and what that can do to your state of mind, to your the way that you're feeling about setting the goal or completing the goal that you've already set. Now, this kind of ties in with the last episode, so if you've been paying attention, you know that I like to move on from episode to episode and build on something from the previous episode. It's what I like to call progression. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk about perceived failure today, and the reason that I really want to get into this is because I had a, a bit of a bumpy road this week. So a couple things affected me this week. So first off, a, a bit of an update. Obviously, I'm, I'm running the Canberra Marathon in April here in Australia. So what I'd actually like to do is lose a couple of pounds, a couple of kilograms before I get there. Uh, the reason being is I want to see how that affects my performance. Now, I don't want to, I'm not going to go too crazy. I'm not going to worry about it too much. But I am going to make it part of my part of my journey. So I weigh in at about 83 kilograms now. I'd like to get down to 75 before the marathon in April. So that, in non-metric terms, would be about 180, so about 180 pounds to uh, a goal weight of about 165. So it's not a huge jump. And I've been at that weight before. I have hit that weight before. But it'll be interesting to see what it does for my speed. I'm not going to go on any crash diets. I'm working with my nutritionist, Paul James, who, of course, we heard on, on a previous episode. And the way that I'm going about getting into this is a way that I've I've had success with before. So it is a ketogenic type approach. So keto, you know, low carb, which... Just for the first few days, I go very, very low carb to kick my body into ketosis. And then once that passes, we, we start introducing the carbs back in because obviously as a distance runner, I need carbohydrates. I want to develop my body in terms of how it uses fuel so I can become a bit of a more of a fat adapted runner, which means instead of using so many carbs for my runs, my body gets used to using fat for fuel. And the way that I do that is a couple things. A, I need to tweak my diet. B, I work a lot with heart rate training at the moment. And also every now and then I go on a, a, deplete, a depletion run, which means I'll do a long distance run and I'll try not to have any energy gels or anything like that. I've also just started using a new type of, well, I will start using a new type of nutrition for my long runs, which which is a lower carb approach. But anyway, so there's that. That's the book report of, of 
what's going on with me right now. So I've just finished up the first three days of getting into ketosis. So I'll be introducing carbs in, which is so much fun. I'm so excited. After three days of no carbs, you just you feel like you need them. And it's going to be healthy. It's, you know, oatmeal, sweet potato, that sort of thing, maybe even some beans. But anyway, so I had a run the other day and was right in the middle of that low-carb start. And it was really rough. It was really rough for me. And in the back of my mind, I knew that it was rough because I was going low carb, right? So it it was a seven mile run, plus I had eight strides at the end of it. So, so strides are eight to 10 seconds of close to your mile pace. So not quite a full all out sprint, but fast enough that it gets your fast twitch muscles working and you've got, you can keep good form, but it's not an all out sprint. So in that run, it was... Like I said, the, the beef of the run was seven miles, supposed to be an easy run. Now, I've done seven miles before, and I can usually keep anywhere for a, a nine, nine and a half minute mile pace. Now, the reason that I choose that pace is because that's where my heart rate settles at around 145 to 150. And that's, for me, a, a good way to get my body into burning fat. And also, if you train at that speed and keep your heart rate lower... Eventually, you'll be able to train faster with the same heart rate. So it, it helps you build speed in the long run. On this particular run, maybe three or four miles in, I really started feeling lethargic. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't continue. It was really hard. I mean, I finished the run, but not without a few walk breaks. And I haven't taken walk breaks in a really, really long time for anything, really. I've, I've... I've run up to 15 and 16 miles since the marathon, and I haven't taken any walk breaks since. So that day, the other day when I was in that middle of that low-carb sesh, it was a real kind of heartbreaking moment because, again, I knew in the back of my mind why it was happening, but you have two types of thought processes processes in your brain, the, the logical and the emotional, right? So my logical brain was telling me, yeah, you're, you're low on carbs, dude. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. But my emotional brain was like, you're failing. Like, you're better than this. Why, why aren't you pushing harder? Why is this happening? And that's, that was really, that was really hard. So it was a perceived failure, even though everything that I, I knew was telling me that that wasn't the case. I was perceiving it as a failure. And this happens to us more often than not in our in our lives. So I guess the point is, what do we do when that happens? At that time, when you're perceiving yourself to be failing at whatever it is that you're trying to do, that's the most dangerous part of your journey because it's at that time where you're most likely going to give up. I mean, even for me, in in that moment, in those moments, I started thinking about all the negatives and all the things that I haven't achieved yet. For example, I haven't been able to hold a pace at my goal marathon pace for a sub-240 marathon, which is a 6.05 mile or a 3.45 kilometer. So I started thinking about that, and I'm like, well, why haven't I been able to do that yet? I, I should be able to at least get a kilometer in 
at three minutes and 45 seconds or a mile in at six minutes and five seconds. And the truth is, I haven't tested myself. I haven't really gone all out, but I I might be able to do that at this point in time. But because I was failing or perceiving myself to be failing, I started thinking about all the negatives and I started second guessing myself. I started thinking, what if I can't do this? What if I'll never achieve this goal? What's what am I going to do? And and that's the kind of stuff that can really spiral you down into a hole that is really hard to get out of. So when you recognize that that's what's happening, and it's all about that acknowledgement, that accepting that that's what's happening, you have to start to talk yourself off the ledge a little bit. That all starts with your confidence levels. So we've got to start building our confidence, right? That's the most important thing. Marie Curie once said, Life is not easy for any of us. But what of that? We must have perseverance and, above all, confidence in ourselves. We must believe that we are gifted for something and that this thing, at whatever cost, must be attained. So that speaks to me in a couple different ways. A, right off the bat, she said life ain't easy. (laughs) I mean, it's not. It's going to try to flip you upside down and roll you over every time it can. I'm not saying that life sucks. Life does not suck. Sometimes it's not fair, but life is a gift. Life is a gift that you have to use to the best of your ability. But there are going to be times when you have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to really go for it. And that all starts with the belief or the non-belief in yourself. I'll take this past week as an example. So there were a couple of setbacks. First off, Running on carb depletion is not easy, but second, one of the biggest things that didn't only affect me, probably affected a lot of people, here in Australia, we're heading into summer, and the summers can get pretty harsh. Luckily, the one good thing about the the unpredictable weather of Melbourne is that when it gets hot, it doesn't usually stay hot for more than a few days, but when it does get hot, it reaches temperatures of about... 35 to 40 degrees Celsius, which is about 95 to 105 degrees Fahrenheit. So it might not sound really hot to those of you who live somewhere in like that valley, but for for Melbourne, for Victoria, you feel it because the sun is really strong down here. So when it gets that hot, running becomes a really hard task. And For me personally, I know that when it gets that hot, I need to be mindful that I'm not going to be performing at optimum levels. Like if I run a four and a half minute kilometer for a a 5K race, I know that if it's 35 degrees or about 95 degrees or whatever, that's probably going to turn into a five or five and a half minute kilometer. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that That's a safety precaution, but also your body just can't really go at peak performance sometimes in that heat. So this past week, I had a workout at the track, and it was on a night that it was about 38 degrees. That's a little bit over 100 degrees, I think. And it was brutal. It was tough. I couldn't complete the required laps. Well, I couldn't complete the prescribed laps. We were supposed to do eight times 500 meters, and I only did six. Part of that was because I had already run in the morning, but 
another big part of that was because I knew that I needed to take it easy. And I had to accept that. I needed to accept that I wasn't going to be able to go at my full peak performance. And even if I had, even if I had done eight 500 meter uh, dashes, I, I probably wouldn't have done it at the speed that I normally do it. So on a 500 meter dash, I can probably anywhere from four, four and a half minute kilometer on a, on a good day at the moment, I probably wouldn't have tried to do anything in less than five minutes. So five to five and a half minute kilometers where I was kind of sticking. And that can be really defeating if you're not really used to that. If you've come off a solid couple of months of really having great times and you're progressing and you're getting better and better and then all of a sudden this hot day kicks you in the face and basically tells you not you you can't you can't operate at peak performance today but you got to be confident in the fact that that's you know that's a situation where it's it's beyond your control and that happens but you got to be confident in knowing that even though you couldn't operate at peak performance that run that struggle is going to make you better in the long run. One of my friends from Winfit, a guy named Jeff, he he's a funny guy. He's uh, he kind of he basically tells it like it is. But one of the things that he said was, you know, it's 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 going to be hard. Be smart, but that struggle will make you better in the long run, and it'll make those runs that you do in cooler weather that much easier. And that's so true. When you struggle like that, you need to be knowing that. When it gets back to normal, the run is going to be so much better. Like I know when I get back to a normal temperature or when I replenish my carbs that I depleted, the run is going to be so much better. I'll be able to complete that seven mile run without stopping and I'll do it in a better time and it won't feel like it was such a struggle. So you have to be confident in knowing that changes are happening no matter what and Especially with your body and with your fitness, it's really funny. There's a lot of the times when you're when you're working on a goal that it seems that you're at a stalemate and that nothing's happening, you're not progressing, but then all of a sudden you wake up and on one day and it's just like, whoa, I can feel that something is different. For example, last year I, I went into a body transformation mode to to prepare for some roles that I had in in film and and stage and there was a couple of moments where I felt that my progress had stopped and it was really demotivating and when that stuff happens like especially with diet and nutrition and fitness and everything when when stuff like that happens it's really easy to just fall into a slump and just start eating junk food and not working out because you're thinking oh what's the point anyway but if you're confident enough in the process, if you believe the process and trust it, one morning you're going to wake up and all of a sudden you hit something that you never thought you'd hit. I was lucky enough to have some really great people in my life for motivation. So obviously Ashley, she's my best friend. I had PJ who was always, you know, Paul James. He was always keeping me on track and it's 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 true, you know. I I had those moments of self doubt, but I stuck it out. And then one morning, literally overnight, I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Wow, that's different. Where'd that come from?" And 
it came with a soaring energy level because I felt good about it. And I felt amazing that I had stuck it out. I had the confidence to stick it out. And it just, it changed everything. So you've got to have the confidence in the process that it's it's going to be okay. So if you take that into every day, not just fitness and training, you'll find that, say, for example, in your career, yeah, you're going you're gonna to become stagnant every now and then. And you're going to feel like this isn't the right path or you're not making any kind of difference. But then all of a sudden, if you just keep going, if you keep putting those little things together, you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to realize that all your hard work has paid off. You might walk into work one day and your boss says, hey, man, let's, or hey, miss, madam, <laughs> let's have a chat. You've been working really hard. I want to talk about promoting you or moving you forward in the company. And a lot of the times that comes out of nowhere. For me, that has happened more often than not where I walk into work one day and all of a sudden I get called into the office and um, my... <laughs> My, my response is always, what have I done? Have I done something wrong? Am I in trouble? But nine times out of ten, I get called into that office and it's, it's something really positive. And it might not always be like a promotion all the time. That's, you know, that's, that's one thing. But it might just be I'm called in because they want to say that I've done a really good job. And that's an amazing feeling. That makes everything worth it. For somebody to just say to you, well done. Congratulations, you've done great that can really change the game and it can motivate you for the next time period where you might fall into another stagnant run. And I'm not saying that life is just full of stagnation and and all this and that, but there are going to be moments where you're going to hit a wall and you have you have a couple choices to make. You can either be confident knowing that if you keep going, you'll get through it or you can quit. But if you keep going, after you hit that wall, it's going to get better. I mean, for me, and I know that I keep bringing this back to my own personal things, but I, I kind of have to. <laughs> I'm the only one here. So, But for me, for example, with that, that run I did a few weeks ago, that trail run, I hit a wall at about mile nine. So that's about kilometer 14 or 15 or something. And I had a choice to make. Either stick it out for the next four miles or stop. And I stuck it out. I had the confidence that if I just kept going. It's more hard adjusting to everything and getting through it. I don't know. It's like with this especially, it's more I know what I want the end result to be. Yeah. So I know what I'm actually doing it for. If I, if it wasn't that, I feel like I would have lost motivation. But mm. when I, every time I think about, okay, this is... Literally my favorite superhero, got a good cast, if the costumes go well, they look great, and yeah, that's just pushing me through. Yeah, and that's it, you got to keep your eye on that uh, that end goal, that why, yeah. Yeah, definitely. and you know, even even just to touch on something that we were speaking about earlier, um, you know, a lot of the times when, when people are in these positions or when they're going for these roles, it's all stuff that's out of their own hands, it's out of their hands, and just because you're not successful at something doesn't mean necessarily that you did a bad job it just yeah. means you know it's something wasn't working for the director it could yeah like you guys were saying look, your look yeah. it, it, you might have read it like Meryl Streep but if if something wasn't gelling and with you know with Jordy as the director you know that's that's a hard thing the director has to do is look at a 
uh, 100 applicants or 200 applicants or however many and just cut out people that don't look the role. That's got that's that's challenging for anybody. Um, and it can make you feel like a little bit. I think what did you say before? Uh, it's, it sounds bad or it sounds wrong or something. But it's just like it's what you got to do, and it's no reflection on those people, and it's no reflection on any of us that try to do something and it doesn't work. It's just there are outside factors that that unfortunately they have to take precedent. It doesn't mean that we're not good. It just means that it, it's not right right now. Yeah, you know, it might be right later. So now you guys all touched on something really interesting: the whys. So why why do you guys do what you do? What what's your why? I hate answering this because it makes me sound super pretentious. It happens. <laughs> uh, but um, the reason I like acting so much is well, one, it's just an awesome job to be in, like just mm. overarchingly. Um, but like the main reason is because I want to be able to cram as much experiences as I can get in my life, and I feel like in when you're acting. That's the whole point is you're taking on different perspectives, you're taking on different personalities, mm. different characters, seeing the world potentially differently through their eyes, changing yourself like so many actors have done. Um, and yeah, I guess look, to learn something from it, but most importantly, to be able to cram as many experiences in the funnest way. That's actually really awesome. That doesn't yeah. sound pretentious at all. That's actually really awesome. That's a cool why. Because mm. we only have that one life, but if you can put as much life into that one life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Even through other people's lives. Squared. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. You can, you know, you look at Johnny Depp, um, who goes from Pirates of the Caribbean to Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can, you can just be anything. You can do what, that's something that's I've always looked at and gone, that would be so much fun. Just being able to be, yeah, someone different. Being able to, be yourself within another character. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just being able to, um, yeah, just to live differently, like you said, in other people's eyes and other perspectives. And, um, but within that, you bring your own, you bring yourself into it. Um, uh, I think Johnny Depp said, um, if you don't bring a little bit of yourself into acting, it's lying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, th- I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's so much fun. And, and my brother's a big one. My brother's a big one. Um, you know, especially like I was saying before, you know, you have your parents and stuff that say, oh, just get a just get a normal job and you know, they support you here and there and they just like they share your stuff on Facebook or yeah. whatever it might be to try and help you get your, your word out or whatnot. But um you know, I think it's cool because, you know, this is something that I really wanna do. Um, I haven't been doing it for too long, but at the same time, you know, if I can do it and I can kinda get rid of um the background noise of people telling me, No, no, nah, don't do it yeah um then you know he's a lot younger and he can kind of see it doesn't matter who tells you no whether it would be me Mm. or parents or friends even if it was best friends that have been with you since you you were four let's do it if you really want to do it put your mind to it get motivated get it done yeah exactly and not everybody's going to understand the journey that you're on and that's okay as long as you understand the journey yeah exactly Uh, well why do you do it why do i do it (sighs) What's well, why? it's it's kind of similar in the sense that, and this is really going to sound bad, but for me, acting is kind of like, it's like you're playing God. It's like you're, and I know that that seems really kind of, what? But it's like you're, you're bringing life to these characters and you're creating something that had nothing. It was just, I mean, the lines on the paper, which are great lines for this script, by the way. Yeah, um, but 
when you actually bring life to that and you create it and you kind of like what you guys are saying, you live these lives through different eyes. It, it's, it's like you can be anything you want. Yeah. And I mean, for me, ever since I've been a kid, I've always been a dreamer of being, you know, the superhero or the swashbuckler or the archaeologist or the secret agent. So with acting, I've been acting since I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. It's like you can be that and it's like the normal thing and you can be the archaeologist without having to go to six years of university. (laughs) You you could be the secret agent without having to risk dying. It's like you can have fun with this stuff and it's just, I think as actors we get to play make-believe for so much longer than anybody else does and we don't have to lose that mentality because... When we're kids and playing make believe, so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. I mean, you you tell you tell a kid that a fort is like a bunch tell of pillows and a blanket yeah. is a fortress. I'll believe it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it's it's that kind of mentality that's really fun. I've not grown up. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there was fort in the back. Yeah, okay. pretty much. <laughs> I've got toys all over my house. <laughs> um, so yeah. I think something as well, um, what we were talking about before this as well, was really cool. I mean, my, like our characters haven't been seen before yeah. that I know of. Mm. So, you know, I think it's also being able to bring your own sort of sense towards the character and being able to give um, your own perspective towards this character. Yeah. Especially, you don't have anything to go off other than comics um, and like stuff off the internet. That's it. And it's like you get to bring that originality. Yeah. I had a bit of competition in my one day. Yeah. <laughs> Jordy can yeah, tell well, Jordy, uh, if he wants to. T- t- tell us that story, <laughs> tell Jordy. Story, tell, Jordy. tell us the story. <laughs> Message that I, I hope that this breaking the barrier journey is about is that there's just a lot more to people than they give themselves credit for. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you think the next massive your next massive undertaking might be from here after you do the 535 and 535 what do you think yep. will be next you uh, so what I've got um, what I am looking forward to I'm, I finish on Friday June 14th so we're going to finish back here at the gym we'll do a, a late um, afternoon half marathon in the day and we'll finish back here and have a bit of a, a party here to celebrate which will be awesome on the Saturday it's my little boy's second birthday which is pretty cool oh happy birthday yeah. to him for then yeah and then uh, <laughs> two weeks later two weeks after that I turn 40 which is another little milestone we'll tick oh, off wow. and then um, what I want to do after that uh, is about 14 weeks after I finish the half marathon to Surf Coast Century down in Anglesey is on again yep so I want to go back and I really have a good training block for that obviously I'm doing what I'm doing with the leg. plenty of K's in the leg, <laughs> yeah. but I'm obviously 100 K's is a little bit different than running 21 sure. by one so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll um, yeah, give the, the legs lots of K's and, and train really well for that and do uh, as well as I can in that in September I think that is and then what I really want to do a big aim of mine a bit of a mission now um, is the um, I'd absolutely love to do the bad water 135 or 135 I think it's called yeah so yeah yeah that's heard about two, that one yeah that's a 217 kilometer non-stop ultra marathon yep through Death Valley in, in California yeah I was talking about that the other day that is yeah. some crazy so stuff so that's what I've uh, that's what I've been going off I've seen a couple of Aussies who have done it in the last few years and have have, um, have done really well I finished third in 2015 and 2016 finished third in both years yep um, and he's a um, he's an incredible ultra marathon runner, but that's something I would absolutely love to do. That's definitely on the bucket list. I know they only take in 
think it's 50 rookies each year and then maybe 50 veterans, people that come back to do the event. Yep. Um, so it's a bit of a, a lottery to get in there and you've got to have a, um, it's a bit of a process to being um, approved for the race. So I understand all that, but I'll keep doing what I'm doing and then I might look at some... dialect coach come because he was going to coach everybody on u.s dialects because most people were either australian or british i think we had somebody from um uh somewhere from